Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hey, girl, how are you today? You, I can't, I can't hold a straight face when I do the intros because you just like, you mouth the words that I'm going to say and, and you I make like me laugh. That. It's fun. It's, it's fun trying to, <laughs> try to keep you straight laced and on, on the straight road ahead. How, how are you today? You moments ago were in the operatory. Operatora Dora. With your super cute little tooth life scrub cap on. Yes. I love sporting my tooth life. Well, because it, I mean, literally people are like, oh, tooth life. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, I know her. And people are like, you do. <laughs> and then I'm annoyed that the, my coworkers don't know that I know you. I'm like, really? You realize, yeah. And like, you realize we have a podcast to get like, they just, I don't know. I don't no know. No way. Do they not listen to the podcast? I don't, I don't think so. I kind of don't want them oh, to. So we can talk smack about them. <laughs> let's let's talk kidding. smack about my coworkers. Oh my gosh, no, I love my coworkers. Jan. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, all my coworkers are really awesome. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I just had my um, birthday you did. celebration. How does it feel to be 36 in a week? <sighs> um, it's good. It's good. My mid thirties have been awesome though. You know, yeah. it's like... You, you think like 36 is like so old and then you become 36 and you're like, it's actually like, it's just a number. And I also feel like things are different when you're in your thirties. Like when you're in your twenties, you like don't really have money and you're trying to like figure out like just how to live your life. And you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't like live my life on like eating Skittles and cheeseburgers. Like right. Maybe I should, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's been a nice, my mid thirties have been awesome. I've, I've done a lot of like personal development, a lot of growth. I've had a lot of challenges. The universe has thrown a lot at me, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I've just, it's, it's been good. Like I, I really feel fabulous. And my horoscope says 2022 will be a great year for me. So Whoa. I'm kind of feeling like now I'm stepping forward into that. Yeah. It's all going to be great. But except, um, except now you, you have sympathy hives. So I am I, no longer yes. the only one with hives. That's true. You now have sympathy hives. Yes. Why do we know why your immune system I, is attacking itself? I, well, there could be many reasons because I do have celiac disease. Right. Um, but yeah, I woke up with them a few days ago and I was sending you some pictures. And she was sending act- me half naked pictures, everybody. Yeah, if, you- if you, if you want to know, slide into my DMS <laughs> and I'll share them. I'm going to post them on the internet. <laughs> um, you may were- or may not have sent me a photo of your butt. Like you actually sent me a photo, sent a photo of your photo tushy. Yeah. I was like, this is my butt. This is my butt. I can uh, tell. In case you're wondering what this Cute is. Butt. <laughs> but it doesn't have my face on it. So people may be like, mm, I don't know if that's Katrina's butt, but it definitely is my butt. Um, yeah. I'm having like sympathy hives. I think it's because I was stressed out. I, mm-hmm. um, I still have family in town and I had friends coming in town and it's just a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to like disconnect from work and just be present for people when they're here. And even though you try to tell people like, please don't text me about business while I'm celebrating my birthday, like yeah. I still do and things that, you know, and it's just, it's those things. I think it's hard for women because we swallow down a lot of stress and we just like try to internalize it. And we don't really realize it until we start to see these like obvious physiologic reactions. Yeah. But yeah. I've had these like hives, um, 
And you know, what's so funny is, I don't know if your mom ever did this, but as a kid, if I got mosquito bites, my mom would put this pink lotion on it called calamine lotion. Yeah. yeah so I use, I use that frequently. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, yeah. So I'm like literally covered in like about two millimeters thick of calamine lotion, like all over my body, Yeah, um, which makes me feel like I'm back in the Midwest getting mosquito bites. But, um, yeah, I discovered can... this new lotion, um, are we doing this? We're just going to, we're going to exchange a hive lotion. Story. Yeah. So it has calamine lotion in it. It's made by, it's like an oatmeal brand. They make like oh. oatmeal, oatmeal kids bath stuff. Um, mm. Avino, Avino. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Avino makes a calamine lotion for oh. rashes and hives. Okay. And I... <laughs> die for this stuff. Like I put it on before bed, after I've showered, put it on before bed. I put it on before I leave for work in the morning. And yeah. uh, it really helps with the itch. <laughs> Just what saying. people don't realize, like it, they itch so bad. And the it problem is, the worst. is like, once you start itching it, then it, it really stop. itches. So it's like, you don't want to itch it, but like you do. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not a cute look for me. I don't know. So we'll see. Well, I hope it doesn't last like three months like mine have. I, I hope mine doesn't either, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I had my, I had a patch test. So I yes. had, I had a skin allergy test and that came back with telling me that I'm allergic to everything. So it, when your right. body's in an inflammatory state like that, um, your mast cells are just going crazy. So it's going to yeah. tell you you're allergic to everything. So they do a patch test, which means that they take a uh, little metal vials filled with the fluid of the allergen or the essence mm -hmm. of the allergen and they tape it to your back for seven days so they don't create an injury to the skin where they like scratch mm -hmm. the skin like a scratch oh, chest yeah. So they, yeah they've done those okay right so they just stick them to the back so my back wasn't covered with 120 little patches of these items and also they were concerned that it could be my n95 masks so yeah. i brought the three brands yeah. of n95s and they dissected them and they taped those to my back and believe it or not, I'm not really? allergic to the N95s. Like those patches wow. were completely empty. I have a very uh, strong allergy to formaldehyde apparently, which is in a lot of products under mm -hmm. a different name. They won't just like blatantly say formaldehyde. Um, and that seemed to be one of the strongest things, but they still can't figure out what my allergies are from. So, so do you still have, you still have hives? Then? I still have hives. Yeah. And I still get hives like every morning I wake up there, they're there. I feel them coming in the middle of the night. Yes. Um, and I scratch like crazy and I wake up and I toss and turn. And then mm -hmm. by the middle of the day, they're gone because you wake up and you move around and your immune mm -hmm. system kind of kicks in. But when you're sleeping, your immune system slows down a little bit mm. and, um, and you don't have like that epinephrine rush that you get when you're in a high stress environment mm. during the day. So that's why I get them at night. So I have an appointment with a rheumatologist to figure out what, what it is, but I'm sad that wow. now you have this. I know. So somebody asked me the other day, they were like, wait, is it contagious? And I'm like, I, the last time I saw Irene, it was like, Almost January. a year and a half ago now. Yeah. I was right. like, no, it's, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, so. I don't think you can get it from, it from the internet. I will say this though. I've spoken to many women in our profession just over the past few weeks that yeah. have experienced either GI issues or skin issues that are directly related to stress. Hmm. 
And it just seems very interesting that all of this is kind of compacted. I don't know if it's like, you know, when people say like, oh, there are a lot of red cars on the road. And then all of a sudden you start seeing red cars everywhere. I don't know if it's like, there's an awareness, but it just seems like a lot of people are starting to experience a lot of these like bodily signs of stress. Hmm. And, um, you know, and I think it's, it's a, this is your body telling you, you know, whether it's an allergic reaction or stress or whatever it is, it's like, we, we got to slow down. Stress will do crazy things to your body. That's for sure. I know. Interesting. Well, we have an episode. Yes. We have an episode with someone that actually talks quite a bit about stress, managing stress, managing priorities, managing your life. Um, mm-hmm. you, you hooked this episode up yeah. with Dr. Laura Mock, yeah. who has a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you all about her, her crazy life and how her mm-hmm. life has changed so many times. Yeah. Um, but we will, um, allow you to indulge in this lovely uh, episode and then we will catch you on on what side will we catch them on the flippity flip on the flippity flip And welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, Peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. How are you, my little ginger snap? Hi, Irene, Irene. I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> you, you know, just, just booping around. Wait, whoa, 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 my whoa, whoa, top whoa, 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 whoa. Is, is this what we're doing? You're booping around now? Yeah, I'm booping around. It's just me at the office walking around, just boop, 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 okay. boop, booping around. Are we living you know? our best life? We are living our best life. Yes, I am living. I'm booping around living my best life. Thank you for asking and confirming that I am, in fact, living my best life. Uh, Even when I am not living my best life, I am (laughs) still (laughs) striving for the best life. I love that journey Um, for you. It's been it's been it's a good it's been a good week. I mean, every week is a good week, but this has been it's been a good week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and how are you? I'm good. What's happening in your in your life? I'm good. You're, you're I'm awesome. You have a sleeping pooch know, yeah. behind so you, you, so all is well. Out. Yeah, life is good for him. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm great. I'm great, Irene. I'm just you know, I'm. I would say I'm living my best life. I don't know. I want to like figure out what your best life truly is to like compare and see if like I'm living my best life. Do you need a pie? Like a pie chart? chart Like like, what is the percentage of yeah? Like how much? How much coffee? Wine ratio does one require? Comparison charts when you pull up like your your Instagram statistics and you compare it to last year. Match every time. Is that living your best life? Like where are we with that? Do you know what I mean? But like, but I'm great. I'm great. I'm, I'm. I'm just, I'm stoked. And I've got a beautiful glass of wine and I'm really thrilled for the guest that we have today. Um, yes, I'm very excited for this guest and primarily because when I pull up her website, it basically says, I don't work with just anyone, only female dentists. It's like, yes, no, know your market and like, right on the front page. So sorry. You're not going to be my client because I only work with female dentists. I love that because it's just like you're sure of yourself. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Laura Mock. Um, Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the peer voted number one (laughs) podcast. (laughs) 
of 2020. Of 2020. <laughs> yeah. We need to so identify which year. Yeah, so it was like of 1993 that yeah. they're no longer really that the best podcast. Yeah. I'm getting a t-shirt yeah. embroidered with that, Irene. So speak for yourself. I'm I want like, a t-shirt I'm... embroidered over two and just your okay, face great. on it. Because I feel just like my... you are the podcast. You make we the podcast. We should wear each other's faces is what we should do. <gasps> I'm in. Oh. Don't you think be adorable? We do oh. that with like a little arrow that says I'm with yes, stupid. I'm with stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so excited to ha- to have you on the podcast and um you know we you have a story that I think um needs to be shared uh, with the world and I I our our audience I think um they're ready to hear this but before we kind of go down this path um Irene likes to kind of take us through um so I'm going to let her take over um and uh, and take us take us back I'm just Katrina is like I'm just going to be the one to tell you what Irene is about to do okay Irene now you, you go gonna, yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just going to stay here uncomfortably until Katrina, we find Katrina out Katrina and I are two two completely different podcasters Katrina likes to do the deep deep dive and the dig about the guests before they come on feelings. the show. I want to like hold hands and kumbaya. She wants yes. to know everything beforehand. And I almost, I'm like a horse with blinders on, like let's yeah. set the date. And I want to find it all out. Yeah. Like when I get to look at this beautiful Bring person for her, that's it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know a little bit more about you before, you know, all of the stuff that we see now on your uh, Instagram page, which by the way is lovely. And I love like all of your little, I wouldn't call them like sentimental messages, but they're thought provoking captions. So like that is the extent of what I do. I kind of scroll through, I do a quick Instagram <laughs> audit. I look at a link tree. So I see some of the mm-hmm, link tree mm-hmm, stuff that you have mm-hmm. there about happiness or hormones and uh, the various podcasts that you've been on. So unfortunately, we're not the first and I'm sure we won't be the last, but it's nice mm-hmm. to see that, you know, you've got some experience in in being a podcast interviewee mm-hmm. and then your website, which like is beautiful. Um, so tell me a little bit about like, just, I'm just blushing. You've said oh, so many nice things. Oh my gosh, let's do it. It's the I'm even just spitting out a little bit here from it. But, well, yeah, I read but, and I do so, that all the time. We yeah. always pit out. We always get nervous. So don't worry. Just <laughs> everyone <laughs> jumping jacks. That's why I wear the um, black shirts. You guys didn't know. I know. That's, exactly, that's why I wear black. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like, you know, before the doctor came in and before all of the like practice um, consulting that you do with female dentists, like what, mm-hmm. you know, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What, what did the day in the life of pre Dr. Laura mock look, look like? Oh, well, I grew up in the Midwest in Iowa specifically. I was, um, the second of seven children. Oh, wow. My family. Mm -hmm. Yep. Big Mormon family. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, since I grew up Mormon, I was supposed to be a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. they teach this song to you when you're three, when I grow up, I want to be a mother and have a family. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was taught that it was morally wrong for me to be a professional. As I was like a teenager, we'd be sitting in class and they'd be like, you don't want to get a job. You want to have babies. They're like, okay, that's what we do. And wow. And I was in this low income family too. Um, So there were not any expectations of me to become a professional. 
Okay. So I got married pretty young. Um, like how young? Well, I was I was 22, okay. but I was also very naive. Like there's 22 who's lived a lot. And then there's, right. there's a 22 life. year old that's lived in New York City and has had to mm-hmm. sneak into some buildings and, you know, snag some cigarettes from their mom to sell yeah. them to, to mm-hmm. you know, yeah, to but get you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. No, not at yeah. all. And then I, I proceeded to have a couple of babies and then I decided that I wanted to go to dental school. Really? Wow. So you went from yes. living in a Mormon community mm-hmm. and did you get married in an, a more is a Mormon church or Mormon temple? Would it, a temple temple. Yep. So you got mm-hmm. married in like a Mormon temple and then, yep. and then you were like, peace out Mormonism. I'm going to be a dentist. Like how no, was that? I, at that, at that, so I'm not a Mormon believer anymore, but at the time I was still a devout Mormon just being a little rebellious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I mean, I don't know if you guys know any Mormon female dentists. No, I don't know any Mormon female dentists. I know Mormon male dentists and I know a lot of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do know a male Mormon dentist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of them actually. An orthodontist actually. And a lot of Mormons go to Mormon male dentists like they kind of yeah. attract yeah they're, they're tight com- tight-knit community which yeah. i'm not it's great that that community um You're just not good. part of it i just wasn't taught to be that but then i really wanted to because i was a dental assistant and i was working and i was holding the suction for a man you know oh, yeah. and and i was like <laughs> oh my gosh i know i could do that i know i could so and how so did I, you, how did you get a, you got a job as a, as a dental assistant first? Yes. So was that like a big deal? Um, because you were a mom. Well, and I mean, like thing. totally You're, pardon my ignorance no, and no, no, not it's knowing. A, it's um, a good question. Yeah. So because I was, I was working to support my husband who was going through college. Okay. It was okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Cause you were doing it for the man. For, yeah. So to try to get him so that he could su- support the family right, yeah. and then I would stay home. So that so was that interesting. Was, like that, that was, was basically how, what, it, how the, it would play out is that exactly. you know, he would graduate school and then he would get a job and it's like, okay, well, thank you for your contribution to the family. But now you are responsible to come back home and right. be here with yes. us and yes. like put aside the skills that you've just built being a dental assistant mm-hmm. to to provide to do the like, more important this. thing, which is no. to raise the babies. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. sweating. And then I just, yeah, yeah, I like, I'm just going to take a sip of my wine is what <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you became a dental assistant and then, yeah. um, did you stop being a dental? Like, did you ever go back to not working? Um, gosh, you know, it, I kept on working part-time yeah. and then I would do school like on Saturday mornings and Tuesday nights, yeah. chemistry and biology, mm. and then take care of the babies and put them to bed and then break out my books and with my wow. Dr. Pepper. Cause of course uh, back then it wasn't wine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you were allowed to drink Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yeah. You can drink oh. Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah. okay. Is, I, is thought, it, I thought they, they coffee, didn't no permit coffee, no, no caffeine. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Wow. Okay. So then, so then that so happened. You're studying, you, you're, you're getting ready to take your D18. Yeah. You couldn't mm-hmm. stop me. I was doing those calculations every night, you know, getting ready. 
Did you then have to do an undergrad or how did that work for I was, you? I was in undergrad, okay, but I didn't finish by the time I got accepted. Oh, yeah, because you, you don't, it doesn't require an undergrad degree. No. Right. It just requires the prereqs. Yeah. What, so, and, and I, 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 based on where the story is, is going, did you feel as, you know, you said it, like, I, I didn't stop doing these calculations. I was just, you know, I'm in it. Like, did you feel yourself evolving, changing, um, kind of stepping into your power in a different way, maybe mm-hmm. having, a, like, what, what, what was that? like from a, um, a humanistic side for you? What was that journey like? I definitely started to see myself as more of a human and less of a woman as I became more educated. I started to see that my contribution had more to do with who I am and less to do with my gender. Hmm. Hmm. Because before Mm. I always assumed that I would do certain things because of my gender. But then I was like, oh, I'm really good at listening. I'm really good at science. I have a really good business head. Maybe this is something that I can do. And then I would get another A on another class. And I'd be like, I'm smart. This is something I can do. And my confidence grew. So, I mean, it's interesting because um, I'm reading a book right now that talks about like the masculine and the feminine energies around business and all of that. And and you're right. It's almost like we subscribe to this concept that like masculine energy is like, I'm smart and I'm calculated and I'm intentional Mm -hmm. and the and and women don't feel like they can be those things sometimes, mm-hmm. or maybe we're not expected to be those things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're, I mean, especially in, in the the arena that you grew up in, where you're at three years old singing a song about how you want to be a mommy. Yeah. Um, that must have been just a very um, amazing journey to get to the point where like. I, I imagine like fast forward, you, you, you pass the DAT and you get into dental school. Right. So mm-hmm. what was that like when you're like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm starting dental school. How old were you? And what was that like? It was so exciting. I have to tell you guys to, to have my horizons broadened like that was like, mm. wow. I'm going to be a dentist. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're so sweet. Um, um, yeah. I was 28 when I started dental school. Awesome. Yeah. And how many women were in your class at the, where'd you go to dental school? In Iowa. It was half Iowa. and half. Mm-hmm. At University of oh, Iowa? Okay. Yes. They have yeah. an amazing program. Okay. And it was about how, okay. Yeah. Is that where, where Emily Bogey teaches? Um, she teaches at you um, in Cedar Falls at the, the um, community college. Yeah. But yeah, Emily Bogey lives like 30 miles from me. And we Aww. both live on farms. So Aww. we're always just like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We love, love her. her. She's the best. I, know. I would just miss an, a good <laughs> Emily Bogey I, hug. I'm, I need a Bogey hug so yeah. bad. That's what I need. <laughs> okay. So, so I hate to like focus on the Mormon part because there's so much more that we need to talk about. But mm-hmm. when you decided to go to school um, and then you decided to become a dentist, 
how, how did that, what happens in, in the community connection between you and like what you've known for basically your whole life? Like, did that separate me from my religious community? Right. And like the friends that you've built and the, you know, families that you're connected to, because I'm sure it's, you know, you make friends with other people that live in your community. And um, did you feel like you were like entering this whole new different world and you had so many different possibilities and then like you're losing all of this other stuff did that happen or was it just like no my friends are still my friends it's all good you know I feel like Mormons because I have so many Mormon friends and family like right now you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's different types of Mormons just like there's different types of humans and Mm -hmm. some of them were very accepting of it some of them were confused like oh you're going to dental assisting school no, no, I'm going to be a dentist. Like I had to say that to so many people. And then some people were adamantly opposed to it. Like my grandma, she sent me this long letter about oh, how no. if I went to dental school, then my husband wouldn't be the head of the family anymore. And that I would be blessed to give it up. Like literally I'm, I'm this person who has two tiny children and got her ass into dental school. Mm-hmm. And you know, normally you would think grandma would be like, good job, honey. Yeah. But this was the complete opposite. And I didn't talk to her for a long time after that. Yeah. It felt, I don't know. It's got to be tough. Yeah. I, I, it's so amazing that you say that because you're absolutely right. For those of us who grew up in an, an arena where like when you achieve that, the people in your life celebrate, celebrate. that and, and wrap around that and like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I grew up in a a family where like my sister's a doctor and it's like, she's a doctor, you know? And I, and and that's like bragging rights. Like my parents loved that, you know, that makes me sad that you, you weren't met with that initially. So what I tell myself about that is that my grandma was doing the best that she could to show me that she loved me because that's what she believed was right. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you go, you get into dental school and you, how many kids do you have at this point? I had two, but I got pregnant my freshman year. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just a sprinkle, just sprinkle a little Let's extra on top. A little Yeah. Okay. So, so what was it like your, your husband at the time, was he done with his program? Were you both going to school at the same time? How did you manage the kids? Like, what was that like you being in dental school with everything on your plate? It was a busy time. And my ex-husband, he is my ex now, but he was very supportive of me and he was a very supportive father. So like he would get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby um, when the baby was born and and he would he made sure that we had everything that we needed. So that's great. It was a teamwork effort. And honestly, anytime you have a baby, it's going to be a lot of work, whether you're a dentist or you're a dental student or you're a hygienist or whatever, Mm. it's a lot of work either way. So Hmm. yeah, Irene, it's a lot of work. What? Why? Yeah, Irene. What do I have to do? With? Hey, I have a poodle. His name is Lou. He's two. He speaks. He's oh, good. Yeah. Okay. He does speak. Actually, he does speak. He uses his buttons to communicate. I'm all good. Don't oh. I? Don't you? Hey, Irene. Me. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. So now we're gonna kind of fast forward a little bit. So okay. you graduated in a school. Yes. Um. How did you? 
who, who, what, where, when, why, and how did you get to where you are today? And what kind of, what has led you to want to work with female dentists and helping them achieve whatever goals they have? Mm-hmm. Um, did you open up your own practice? Did you work as an associate for a long time? What was, what was the next step then? I immediately bought a practice right away. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That must've been terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was excited. Okay. Oh my God, I was like, here was. we go. Let's yeah. do this next thing. I've only I'm prepped old. like six teeth in dental yeah. school, but let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Bought a practice. I have still, I still own that practice. I've owned it for 13 years. Oh, okay. So now you can do the math and find out how old you need to be when you have cosmetic work done on your eyes. I just <laughs> had that done last week. My dear, that has nothing to do with age. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but um, I learned, I had a slumpy year in 2018 and it was because of what was happening in my mind. What was happening negative in your mind? Talk negative oh. self-talk and, and negative beliefs about my practice. And um, just <laughs> the human brain can really take you for a ride. You know, it can tell you a bunch of stuff that all the negative things and make you focus on that. And I discovered life coaching because somebody coached me. I, I had a coach and I was taught that a lot of what I was upset about was all in between my ears. Huh? Yeah. Like what, like what, like what kind of stuff? Cause I'm sure someone's listening to this as I raise my hand, um, Mm -hmm. that's wondering like, what kind of stuff is that stuff that we're saying to ourselves? Because I'm sure the first thing is trying to figure out whether it's fact or fiction. Yes. Yes. That's so we have a fact over here, which is I own a dental practice. And then I have a thought over here about that, which is owning a dental practice is hard. Okay. That's optional. The part where you, Mm -hmm. I believe it's hard Mm -hmm. is optional because I could also believe that it's the best investment I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And both Mm -hmm. of those thoughts create a different feeling. And the reason that's important is because our feelings were put in our body by evolution to drive us to action. So if I have a feeling that I'm discouraged or afraid that don't owning my dental practice is hard, then I'm going to take different actions than if I believe I'm super lucky that I own a dental practice because it's such a great investment. So basically I, what I did was I learned how to start managing my thoughts so that I could have a better life and it changed everything. Like my dental practice is better. I'm happier. It's been a transformational journey. And after I had a coach and it changed me so profoundly, I said, I need to get this information to my people and my people are female dentists. Was your coach a dental person or a completely no. non-dental? No. Interesting. So it's, 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 it's interesting that this is such a convertible uh, skill throughout industries. Like you don't have to be a dental person to understand what it's like to run a practice. You basically just have to understand what it's like to run a business because just put the word dental in front of it. And it's kind of like one in the same, the same problems team, mm-hmm and finance and overhead and all of those things. And I would simplify it even more than that, Irene. I would say all I needed was for someone to look at me and tell me what was a a fact and what was a thought Mm -hmm. in my brain. Mm -hmm. I just needed someone to point that out to me so that I could go, I could be free to keep the thought or get rid of the thought. Interesting. I'm, 
I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I'm a hygienist and I own a practice and we run it like a dental office. So I've got two docs that work under my roof and we just calculated yesterday that I have a team of 12, uh, all in the last six months. I just hired my last two peeps last month, like, like they started last week rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying about those thoughts I, I say that to myself all the time. And it's like, well, make excuses that I don't have enough time to work out or walk my dog or cook. So I'm going to outsource all of those skills because insert phrase here, owning a dental practice is hard. Yeah. I also think that it's the best choice that I've ever made. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like both of those things happen, but um I feel like not a lot of people talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we sit and suffer in silence and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, to no uh, surprise that dentists or office owners, whomever that person might be, because these days DSOs are not owned by dental people. um, You know, they sit and they suffer in silence with their own thoughts and they perceive that, you know, other people are going through the same thing that I am. So I'm just going to sit here and like, I mean, I'm going to swallow my pride and not say what I'm really trying to say. Um, interesting. Tell yeah. me more. Tell me more about how you solved this challenge <laughs> and how you help uh, other. So, how long did you work with that coach for? First of all, oh, it was like six months. Not that That's long. That's it. Yeah. Are you seeing another? Like, you know how some people like, like do you evolve from one from one. Yeah. Coach? Did you yes. have you graduated into another coach now? Yes. Okay. I, I've gone through three coaches. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah. So you go to like an entry level coach that helps you kind of, well, I wouldn't say entry level, but like your first coach that focuses on certain things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for example, in tennis, I had three coaches in tennis. Yeah. Um, one that helped with my mind game, which is one person on the court, you against yourself. And then I had someone that was my offender, like my offense coach that helped me with parts of my game. And then you have your fitness coach that helps you be the fastest version of yourself. Is it like that in the other coaching worlds kind too? Of. I mean, first I had sort of the basic, these are the basics for managing your mind, right? And then the next coach that I had was someone who teaches female entrepreneurs how to scale their business. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this will help me with my dental practice and my coaching practice that I'm launching. Because when you launch a coaching practice, it's like, what do I even do? Like, how do I help, tell people I can help? Right. And now I have a new coaching um uh, a new coach that's helping me launch my mastermind. Cause I'm starting a, a group coaching practice where we get together and we talk and, and I teach them the basics and move on from there. So that's cool. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, and I, I think this is the thing with coaching and, and um, you know, it's, it's certainly something that I'm not, I don't mean to say that it's female centric because it's not, but one of my favorite comedians, Eliza Schlesinger, she's so funny. She's like men. It's like, okay. For like grandpa to be like, you know, with his remote and like, this is what I go. This is oh, That's grandpa. That's how he is. Women are like, I'm taking a class, you know, we're always like wanting to grow and evolve. And, you know, so women have very much gravitated toward this concept of working with coaches, whether it's and, and this is something I want to dive into is like working with a coach is not when I first was introduced to the concept of it. And I, I'm like a working with a coach addict. 
I, I have oh. five coaches right now. Like, and I'm, oh. I'm obsessed with all of them and they're all amazing. <laughs> and they all help me in different like facets of my business. I mean, really they're fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I it, it, it is that amazing. sounds like a full-time job in and of itself. Like how do you managing Katrina Sanders? Yes. But you know, and that's the thing, Irene. So at first I'm like, I, first of all, I don't think I can afford where I was when I first started coaching. I was like, I don't think I can afford a, a coach. I don't think I have the time to sit and meet with somebody like this. Right. So I dabbled early on and I, I want to kind of talk about like uh, about that layer. So for me, when I first started working with a coach, I found a coach that I really liked who had a podcast that just gave really amazing nuggets of information. So when I was driving to work in the morning, I was listening to her podcast and I would pull this amazing, I'm like, oh, that's really great. And at first I thought just like Irene asked, like, oh, maybe I need somebody who's very focused on dental or dental speaking or, you know, whatever. For me at the time, it was really about like just women stepping into their power in business and learning about that. And, and she had a, a book, a self-guided journal. And so I got that. And that was like me dipping my toe in that water. And then she had a mastermind. So it's like, okay, like every other Tuesday we meet and we do, you know, so it's like, there are different layers to coaching. Can you kind of walk through what, what that was like for you when you started working with a coach? Um, you know, what that commitment was like and where you are now, cause you are a coach, but you have a coach. So Let's let's like <laughs> unpack all of that for Irene because I know Irene's okay, like so very fascinated. By so the coaching world. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Okay. What is this world that I don't even know? I'm like, I, I finally, I finally like jumped on the Clubhouse bandwagon and I listened to a lot of people talking <laughs> on Clubhouse. So I was like, all right, like, and then they like ask me questions and like, oh, Tooth Life Irene is here. Let's ask her about marketing. And I'm like, she's an expert. (laughs) She is an expert. (laughs) Invited into a clubhouse chat while I'm like, you know, brushing my teeth. Um, (laughs) That's that's where I listen to clubhouse. I'm like, I don't know. I'm boop booping around the house, folding laundry. And then I'm being asked important questions. So I don't understand. I don't understand. Help me understand because I want to understand so badly. I feel like I have this like fear of um, expression and um, sharing of uh, deep concepts. You guys are looking at me like I'm from like, another yeah, planet. We're, we're like leaning in like, okay, oh. so like, I think this is what social media has done to me. Social media has done this to me where you know, I share a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but I don't share a lot of like my feelings towards stuff yeah. because, you know, you work with sponsors and you need to have approved messaging and you need to be, you know, collected and you need to have all of your information. And I feel like sometimes working with a therapist or with a coach, you're like, you're letting go of some of those like buttoned up philosophies mm-hmm. to really try and figure out like what is going on, like you said, behind your ears or between your ears. Um, so I feel like this is what social media has done to me. It's created this like must have checklists person. So Irene, if I may put on my own coach hat for a minute. Oh God, help me. Oh my gosh. Irene, this is your first coaching session. (gasps) I'm so nervous. This is exciting. So we have facts on one side. I have sponsors. I own a practice. And then on the other hand, we have, I have to keep thing, everything buttoned up or I have to make it seem like my messaging is right. Okay. Those two things I just said, they're thoughts. 
No. Really? <laughs> I'm lying to myself. <laughs> Shit. Lou, get a bite. And I would just say, ask yourself how you feel when you think about them. Are they thoughts you would like to keep around? I don't know. That's up to you. I, a coach's job isn't to tell you to keep a thought or to throw it away. It's just to point out when you're having something that your brain is telling you. Hmm. One of these things is not like the other. Do we know that, that <laughs> no, song? And, I'm, gonna, and, I'm totally going to be having this conversation with myself. It's going to take me 20 minutes to have a conversation with anyone because I'm going to like replay it in my mind and then be like, is this real or is this fake? Oh, that's no, like, so, real or fake. Just thoughts. Just thoughts. being able to label them helps you figure out what you want to keep. Interesting. Yeah. And so when someone first gets into this world, they, they get introduced to it with a coach, maybe someone basic who teaches them these differences. And then as they go, the person starts thinking about what they want to accomplish next. And you can learn it on your own, or you can hire someone who already knows how to do that thing. And so that's how, you know, people get into this world and then they're like, having a coach is amazing. And that's how Katrina mm -hmm. ended up with five. That's how, that's how I end up five. Well, and, and I'm not surprised you have five. This is what <laughs> Like you can't make your mind up on any given day. So I'm not surprised that you need have to, five. Right. I just need to call. You just or like keep I just collecting you, I people. I do. I've got it's like, you, yes. it's like you and all of your gay friends. You just like keep do, collecting yes. more gays. I'm the fruit fly of Scottsdale, she Arizona. Is, I'm just she, telling you. She goes out on the town and she's the only female in a fully yes, male gay they all community. But I, this is the other thing too, Irene. And this is what I love about coaching is they, they ask questions. That's what they're doing is they're asking you questions, right? Oh. And it's like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way or whatever. And so for me, like, you know, I'm an avid journaler. I journal every morning and it's like, sometimes I get prompts and I'm like, I really want to spend some time thinking about that. So like in the example that Dr. Mock just gave, like, why do I feel like I have to be buttoned up? And it's like, okay, I understand. Like I have a contract, my, this is the expectation of me, this and that, but like they're tethering to your brand. Your brand is you. So you have the autonomy, right? So then you start to kind of go, I don't mean to say down a rabbit hole because it's not really a rabbit hole, but you start to think about things a bit differently. You start to look at things differently. Um, you know, well, why do you have to be this way? Uh, is, is, are your sponsors expecting you to, or, you know, and so you start to kind of think about that. And, and it's, it, to me, it's been very eye opening to have to answer these questions and, and to also, um, help clarify something, Irene, um, there's, there's a lot of confidentiality. Like when you work with a coach, it goes without saying, like what we say here is, is going to stay Protected. between us. Yeah. 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 I'm always afraid of that. Interesting. Okay. So, um, pivot. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Really yeah. Everybody air out your pants. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this just got real intense. Irene, how was your first coaching sesh? Was it good? Do you feel good? Or are you okay. <laughs> She's like, I have a lot to think about. That's okay. Irene, I love this journey for you. Why is this oh. always about me? Like it always ends it, up it being always, like, it's always Katrina is a better human than Irene. Katrina no, has all true. these coaches. No, um, hardly. No, I, I, no, no. I, no, I know. Um, no, but I, but the, I, I think this is, it's really good for you, Irene. So Dr. Mock, tell us a little bit about what it looks like for, first of all, I want to talk about female being a female doctor. Okay. Because 
I do, although you said in your class at the University of Iowa that it was a 50-50 split, Mm -hmm. that oftentimes women feel like they're a woman in a man's world. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, like my sister's a foot and ankle surgeon and she truly is a woman in a man's world. Like you see like the speaker lineup of like her, it's like her and then just like dudes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it takes a woman that is um, strong and resilient. We have to kind of, it's a teeter totter too, because uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to run a practice the way a man runs a practice. We, you know, women, women are different. Their, their leadership style can, can be different and that's okay. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that women have being female doctors and some of the things that you oftentimes see, um, with some of your clients that, um, that you help walk them through. Sure. First of all, I want to say it's true that a lot of times we're in a man's world, but I don't find it to be a frequent subject that's bothering the women that I'm coaching. They've already dealt with that. Or, you know, I, I do have one who was in a group practice with men who sometimes has like a little bit of PTSD from um, dealing with that, being alone. But for the most part, what women worry about, number one, is the quality of their care. Wow. Worry a lot about if they're doing a good enough job. 150% agree. Mm -hmm. And you worry about that with everyone in the office, that everyone is doing the best job that they can. Correct. And you internalize that. Yes, Irene. And that... Um, bridges to the other thing that women worry about, which is, are my team members doing what I'm really asking them to do? Are they following my leadership? And then if they're not, if they feel like they're not following their leadership, then they blame themselves or you know, maybe I'm not a very good leader or because I'm a woman, I'm not doing a very good job or something like that. So the, a lot of what we talk about is circling around those two things. You know, as women, and I go back to being taught what I was taught when I was three, I was supposed to be pretty and make people happy, right? Mm. So nobody said to me, Laura, when you see something that needs to be done, you find someone who can do it and you show them the way. You know, nobody Mm. said to me, you be a leader, you be strong. So I, Mm. when I first started my practice, I thought the way you owned a practice was to make sure that. I didn't make the patients mad and I didn't make the team mad. And that was what I really understood. And that was it. And actually that's it worked how well. I feel. I, I think that's like, honestly, I, I want to tap into that because I feel like that's, and I don't think that's a, a female thing. I think, I think most practice owners feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably. I females I females probably feel that way more than that. males. I don't know. We'd have to survey some men too. we have to survey well, but I, I can tell you that statistically the women that men are more focused on the task at hand right yes. like I look at my husband and I, I look at me and we're night and day like I can do 15 things at the same time probably not all of them very well but I can attempt to multitask whereas my mm-hmm. husband he can't he is this like scrabble game on his phone he can't even communicate with me while he's playing the scrabble game on his phone yeah, he can't use words he's yeah. just he's just he's checked out until yeah. the game is over and then it's mm-hmm. like sorry honey what were you saying yeah. yeah but i feel like maybe men in practice are also like that where 
you know, they're like, sorry, can't talk right now. Mm-hmm. Prepping a tooth. Like we can yeah. discuss the woes of our team later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, most of the time with women, we're, we're talking about those two things and we're helping the women learn how to say what they want without being angry, but just being assertive and clear. And isn't that amazing too? Because you're so right. As a woman, even, and, 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 and I know Irene's like running a freaking empire. I know. It's like, you don't, you don't want to like talk to some, like an assistant that you're working with or whatever and come off like a bitch, you know, like you don't, you know, you, because for whatever yes. reason, when a man says it like, Hey, um, in the future, I like to have my mouth, the mirror cleaned off and a little mm-hmm. two by two gauze of some mouth rinse. It's like, Oh, he's the great leaner. But if a woman says it, we're like afraid that we're going to come off this way. And the reality is, I I don't know what, what is that reality? We're afraid to say it. And then we don't say it. And then we don't say it. And then we finally, when we say it is when we're mad. Yeah. And then we come off bitchy because like we're we resentful. Waited. Yeah. Yes. Because why didn't you know this? Because we think everyone should be able to read our minds. But what we want to do is change our expectation of ourselves. Instead of trying to make everybody happy, we say, this is how I'm going to lead my practice and come into your power and ask for things before you're mad. And there are certain ways to ask for things which are more effective for the Mm -hmm. employees to hear, because if you just drop it, then without preparing their minds, then they're, they're over in, um, in cortisol land and primitive brain land trying to uh, defend themselves. But if we use our knowledge of how the human brains work and how we can communicate, then we can ask for what we want before we're mad in a way that expresses gratitude and confidence in the person. So we do a lot of that. I was just taught actually, before I hopped on this, I was meeting with one of my five coaches and (laughs) she was talking about, um, a book called the multiplier. And it's a concept as a leader where you work with team members and you multiply them. So you empower Mm -hmm. them through, you know, positive, uh, you know, feedback and things like that to in influence them to step into a state of leadership. So, you know, like these, like if you're a doctor and your hygienist is just not stepping into his or her power or your lead assistant where it's like, oh, they just clock in and they clock out. Like, how can you curate a, a team? How can you as a leader influence them to step into a position of being a leader? And I think that's just such a, an amazing concept. And I, I, what I love about what you're doing is you're giving an opportunity for female doctors to really see themselves not simply as I am a tooth doctor, but I'm a leader because Mm -hmm. there are plenty of dental assistants or hygienists that are probably watching what they're doing and saying, I'm inspired and I want to be able to do something like that or patients that come in and see their dentist and go, 
I want to be a dentist when I grow up. And some of these, I mean, and Irene's an incredible example. Like she's a boss babe, just like doing it, you know, and she's got this gorgeous practice and they're, you know, the patients are treated with care and they matter. And I don't mean to say that if, if it was a a male run practice that that wouldn't happen, but um, Irene just does it so beautifully. She has an unwavering sense of integrity about like, these are my core values. And this is exactly how we're going to do it because this is what we promise to our patients. And I just think women do that so beautifully. Um, and I love that you're giving women that power. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to ask, I know we're kind of getting toward the end of our, our segment here, but one thing I do want to ask is female doctors tend to have female dentists, particularly tend to have a relatively, um, negative, bad reputation, reputation. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Where do you think that comes from and how, if I'm a dental hygienist and I'm working with a female doctor who's emulating some of those things, how can I, how can I thrive in that environment? Okay. First question about the bad reputation. I would say it's somewhat, but not all the way earned. And it comes from that waiting too long to ask for what you want. Okay. So if we can be proactive and ask for what we want before we're angry, then our employees don't have to be afraid of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And they can come to us when there's a problem. But then I think there's some misogyny in there too, (laughs) because I think that men can, can say, Oh, do this you know, and get a little bit more grace from their employees than, than they might from a woman. So that's my experience. And then if you are working for a female dentist who seems to be crabby and I would, I would invite you to pretend that you are in her head and ask yourself what she is worried about. Because if she's crabby, she's probably worried. And if you want her to be less crabby, you can't make her feel anything, but you could come to her and you could say, how can I help? What is going on for you? You know, what's weighing on you and how can I make, how can I do my part to make this easier? I will tell you in all the years, it's very, very unusual to have an employee come to me and say, how are you feeling? It's so, yeah. it's so unusual. Mm-hmm. I've Mary, worked for, finding that? Yeah. I've worked for three female dentists and mm-hmm. I've almost exclusively worked for female dentists because mm-hmm. I've known how to navigate through those conversations with them, mm-hmm. but it's so rare to find someone. Um, I have two awesome team members. One, unfortunately, who just moved to Costa Rica. She like... <laughs> She was my receptionist who was working with me for three months before we opened, like putting in Mm -hmm. all of these crazy systems in place that I wanted to have before we opened our doors. And she just moved to Costa Rica in December. And now my other receptionist who has also been with me for the last four months, the two of them, like they got it. Like they, they would sense that something's up and they would say, what can I do to help? Like I can tell something's up. Like, I don't need to know what it is, but like, what can I do to help? And it, could have been something as silly as like, can you just get me a cup of coffee? Like mm-hmm. something as ridiculously simple as like a cup of tea. Like, can you just get me a cup of tea? Like, I know that sounds like you're way more skilled and talented than that, but that would like really help that yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Oftentimes team members, you know, they've got their own issues. Like they've got their own problems that are happening in their ops or in the sterile bay or, you know, the camera's not doing the right thing. Um, so they're very focused in their own stuff and, you know, it's a busy place, but you're right. Like, and I know male dentists might need that too. Like I hate to generalize and say that female dentists need you to ask them what they need. Like male dentists probably need that too. They just might not be as open about it. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is a conversation that I think like this should be a lecture. I know it's like, yes, not quite for CE. Um, but I feel like office communication is such a big part. And uh, Katrina mentioned it nicely earlier. Thank you for the plug on my core values. But um, I, I, I did that. I stole all of the core values of some of the biggest companies in the world. And I rephrased them to match what my office core values are and what, you know, little Irene of five years ago, putting her business plan together with no concept of what it means to run a business or a dental practice. You know, I wanted all of these things and patient care was one of them. And the way that our team treats one another is another part of those core values. So it's like if you don't if you don't agree with them, um, you can't really train that into someone. If you don't agree that communicating effectively with one another in hard times is important, then, you know, that core value doesn't like get checked off the box. It's hard to find good people that all feel the same way. And it doesn't mean that they're not a good person. They just might mean that they're not a good fit for your particular practice, which is totally fine. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like better to know beforehand. I had to let go my first person and I cried hysterically for like 25 minutes after that. She was a good human and she was a good receptionist. She was just a good receptionist for an old school doc that still had Mm -hmm. paper charts. Like, yeah had she been maybe a few years younger uh, and started practicing in a more developed office, she would have been fantastic. But I mean, it's hard. Um, Are these just words that I'm putting in my mind again? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I did it again. Hey, (laughs) she's self-coaching now. This is great. I read it again. Fast learner. Look at me. I'm learning. (laughs) Lou, get out the banners. (laughs) Lou, I need a grilled cheese sandwich and some popcorn. Lou is my dog. Okay. He's like, he's a pretty smart dog. She's like, is that your husband? No. (laughs) No, that's my, it's my toy poodle who is ridiculously brilliant. And I'm sure he can make popcorn if we tried it. I'm sure he could. The opposable thumbs thing of having to open the bag would be the hardest part, but he'd be fine. He'd figure it out. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know all the answers to anything right now. I know less now than I did an hour ago. And that's but okay. That's that's right. wisdom. Yeah. You're woke. You understand. Yeah, like there's so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm woke. Guys. You, are woke. you just took the blue pill. Oh, wait, is it the red pill? Or it's the, the blue red pill. pill. No, it's a blue pill. No, it's a blue pill. The blue pill wakes you up. The wakey up pill. That's the blue pill. Yeah. That's the blue pill. Yeah. It's always like the right ones where you stay in Wonderland and it's figure out how deep this rabbit the blue hole pill. <laughs> the blue pill wakes everything up. I take the yeah. red pill. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay. Well, one last piece of wisdom. If you can give a piece of advice to anyone listening right now that is perhaps feeling the same way that we're feeling and is afraid to, I mean, we're, I say we're feeling cause like I'm no, it's like, well, speak for I, yourself, I'm 30, Irene. I have five 30, coaches. I'm feeling 33.33% <laughs> of the participants of this podcast are feeling, um, 
like, what would you say? Like, what's, what's the first step and what, how do you know if you've met the right coach? Well, first of all, I would say that if you're suffering right now, take a minute, breathe in and tell yourself that everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to, because that's what's happening. That's how, you know, this is what's happening and it's okay. Nothing is wrong here. Mm. Okay. And then if there's somebody who, who wants to find help from a coach, there's a lot of coaches out there. Just get on Google and find someone who feels comfortable to you. All right. Well, that was, <laughs> that was definitely a journey for this, this blondie, this, this comedian over here. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to just you're going to be just fine a little hole and take a bath and light a candle you know i i mean i want to just say i want to put an end cap on this and say you you're right dr mock like what's happening right now is exactly what's supposed to be happening we in dentistry we're all type a's for the most part and we want to control everything and we want to be in charge of everything and we think we're responsible when something goes wrong too totally yeah and then Mm -hmm. we feel like it's it's like the one thing i mean when i somebody told me like you are in charge of your feelings i was like what i am like i'm in charge Mm -hmm. of like how i react i'm in charge Mm -hmm. of like what my response will be like that's an intense statement because Mm -hmm. before i thought that i had no control over that and it's that locus of control but this is everything is happening the way it's supposed to is like that gives you the opportunity to say like i get to grow from this Mm -hmm. if this is a really intent you know i mean irene's been through a lot with her practice over the past year she tried she was supposed to open in march of 2020 like are you kidding me no my opening day was supposed to be march 17th which ironically oh, yeah. is the right. same day in the world four like days shut after the down. travel ban here in the united states oh, so it's like you know she's been through that like i've i mean over the past two I years still do like my, my platysma f- exercises though <laughs> Grimace. We're all doing it together. I might be not living my best life, but I'm still working on my platysma muscle. Yeah. And your neck looks fabulous, <laughs> yes. Irene, because of it. But it's like, you know, you have to honor that and go, what yes. is, what is the universe, your higher power? Like whatever that is, like, what am I being taught mm-hmm. right now? And yeah. this is giving me an opportunity to either pivot, step into my power, rise, walk away because this isn't working. I mean, you have options and And you have to be clear in what your intentions are around what that is. And that's the thing is that it's, um, to, to feel that just like, you know, you are Irene, like getting to the place where you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I do have, the one thing I do have control over is how I'm going to react right now and how I'm going to feel right now. I can't control that person. I can't control that person. I can't make that person feel anything, but I have control over where I go with this. Yes. It's, it's freeing, but it's horrifying and it's, it's cool, but it's like, oh my gosh, like what, what do I do with this? And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where coaching is like, it unlocks that. And it gives you the opportunity to be very curated and intentional about how you move forward in that. Yeah. Um, which I think is exciting. So I, I do want to honor that for anybody listening to this podcast, who's just s- struggling with something. It's like, what is that moment teaching you? Mm-hmm. Why is that thing happening to you? And what is within your circle of control with regards to that thing? 
like, how do I want to show up in this situation? Yes. Yes. How do I want to show up right now? Is it a really nice place to start when you're feeling stuck? Yeah. I I know that like, this is a weird thing to say, um, but when I'm not the first person that's done this, like I'm not the first hygienist that's open to practice, the loudest perhaps, but there's a lot of support like you, you focus on female dentists and there are male dentists that focus on male dentists. And there's like this community of people that help dentists do their thing. Well, there really isn't a community that helps hygienists break the norms of what our scope of practice says. Right. So it's like, Every day I get dozens and dozens of DMs from people like, I want to do what you do. Can someone mentor me? Can you mentor me? I'll pay you. And I'm like, girl, I'm not even qualified to give myself any freaking direction right now. Like you don't want me mentoring you, but there's nobody else. Like there's nobody else that's focusing on like someone else in dentistry, trying to break the the mold of what people perceive a hygienist to be. Um, it's very strange. Like it's a very strange thing. And even when I try and explain it to people, they're like, well, what, what, what's your 60 second elevator pitch? It's like, I don't know. I wear a lot of hats. Like what, what do I, how do you even explain that to somebody? Um, so it'd be nice if more people talked about like this stuff. Yeah. Which is why it makes, makes it uncomfortable for me to say stuff like this out loud because no one else before me has ever talked about stuff like this. Yeah, I've never heard of another hygienist talk about how weird it is to open a practice and have two doctors working under you mm-hmm. and asking you to order the most ridiculous stuff. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Is that normal? Do we all use the, the matrix system made by Garrett or not? Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a very strange, strange thing. So I encourage you to, to help other, like not just dentists, if that's a thing that you would ever open up to, but cause it's not just yeah. female dentists that want to open practices, sometimes female dental hygienists too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. One that I never really thought about before. So thanks for well, pointing it out. To think me. about it. Like in Canada, there's 34,000 hygienists. Uh, mm-hmm. Only 1,000 of them have licenses to practice independently and only 34 of them have brick and mortar practices. Mm. So it's like, it's not new. It's been around for the last decade. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so little support that. Yeah. Yeah. And really breaking a lot of ground, Irene. I feel like I'm breaking glass. Mm-hmm. The here. ceiling. Breaking mm-hmm. glass and it's like falling on me. I'm like, ah, ah, oh, that's my spleen. I don't need that, right? Like, that's basically what I feel like. Anyways, yeah. oh, so where's that time, Katrina? It's so good. It is that time. <laughs> Let's do it, Irene. Irene, do you know what time it is, Doctor Mock? No, I'm. Oh no, she's no no idea. So we are called the Two Third Dare Podcast for a reason. Um, and Katrina and I, at the end of every show, do a visually and virtually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors. And the loser gets to go up against you. And you can decide whether you choose to accept or dish out a tooth or a dare. The tooths are done right now. And they're like, they're not PG-13 sometimes. Um, and the dares are done. I don't know. That's just came up in my mind for some reason. And the dares are, well, you keep your clothes on. That's that's, you know what I meant? It's like, it's raw 
Colin Ferrand did not keep his clothes on. So I don't know where you're going with this. It's, 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 it's a deep truth. It's a deep truth. And the dares are filmed and they're posted on social media within seven days of the episode uh, launching. So while you process all of that information, yep. She's about to fall out of her chair. She's like, what did I sign up for? Holy molar. Um, Katrina and I are going to queue up. And in the meantime, the rest of you need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. Dr. Mock, you're on Instagram too. What's your handle on Instagram? At Dr. Laura Mock. Perfect. I can't remember if there's DDS over there. It is at Dr. Laura Mock DDS. Perfect. And of course, awesome. always uh, take a look at her website called the Life Coach for Business Busy Dentists.com. Um, and if you're resonating with any of the information that was just mentioned, uh, hit that subscribe button to her coaching services. Um, mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, I won. Wow. I'm a winner. I'm a she, winner. Your streak is back on. This I am a winner. Weird. Okay, Dr. Mock, oh. it's you and Katrina. Would you like to accept or dish? I would like to dish. Dish. Would you like to dish a tooth or a dare? Like, okay, so I get to dish a tooth or a dare to Katrina. Is that yeah. right? If you, if you dish a tooth and you have to ask her a steamy question right now, if you get her to do a dare, which is highly recommended, then she has to film it and put it up on social media. Okay. Are those oh, chopsticks? Gosh. Are you holding chopsticks? Are you seriously holding chopsticks? These are the drumsticks from Victoria Peterson. Oh, from Victoria oh. Peterson. Yeah. I hold <laughs> them all the time now. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? What is that? That was from Jumpstart, Irene. You need to come to Jumpstart next year. Why was your assistant to just book you? Why were there chopsticks at a at a You were playing like the drums? Beating our drums, beating our beats. Oh, our own. Yeah. Okay. And now they're my thinking sticks. Oh, okay. Thank you, Victoria Peterson. Thank you, Victoria. I love her. I know I do too. She's amazing. Okay. All right. I'm going to, um, I'm going to ask you a question. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Sean, John, John, cue, cue music here. Cue intense music. how little I know about you, even though that I think you're amazing. Oh, you're so sweet. Mm-hmm. Do it. Anything's on the table. Anything's on the table. Okay. Oh yeah. Anything. Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> I am very furiously, aggressively putting on my chapstick right now in fear of what Katrina is going to say. I usually go I usually go one way three times with my chapstick and then twice the other direction, but I went seven times in one direction out of the fear of what Katrina is going to say right now. Oh my gosh, this is it. I guess it's coming out. <clears throat> Armpits are sweating. Um, yes, I do have a boyfriend. He's um, He's amazing. He's like a seriously amazing human being. I'm happy for you. 
I love Thank you, you, little ginger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is intense. I love no, literally I love, like I nobody love that knows. You, I love that you asked that question because this happened before in a podcast where we were just chatting, and yeah. then she made me edit out the whole. I was like, part. "You got to take it out. You got to take it out. You got to take writing. out the whole part." So I was like, what are, we, "We talked about it for twenty minutes. Like, what am I supposed to keep in this intro?" I mean, it's like, "Welcome it to the Two Theory Break Podcast. Here's mm-hmm. the episode. Like, that was it." Wow, Katrina. Look at you. Wow. That that was a turn. That was a turn. Look at us yeah. all opening up about our lives oh and my stuff. Gosh. Um, if you want to slide into Katrina's DMs, perhaps she'll send <laughs> you a photo of our own Midwest man. Um, Dr. Mock, thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure the world really appreciates the value yes. that you bring into figuring out some of these really complex situations that happen within our brains. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all, all right, you do. everyone. Have a great day. And you know, as we say, peace out, peeps. Cheers. And we're back. On the flip side, Katrina, the, we're here. Flippity flip, we made it. Flip, we made it all the way over here. We're only a little bit itchy and only have some hives. Scratch. I've been scratching my hives through this whole episode. Oh, Not because it gave me hives, to. but because they were already present they when already the episode present. started. Yes, yes, of course. So, uh, <laughs> Katrina, your uh, your tooth there. It uh, you are mm. you were exposed. You were caught with your scrub pants by your ankle with this yes. one yes I was um, I was so we recorded this episode a while ago mm-hmm. and you didn't ask us to make any edit modifications at the end so does this mean that you are still in a relationship with your lumber sexual I am in a relationship with my lumber sexual and oh you know what's god. actually oh my god and, <laughs> yeah. and you know what's so funny what? about this tell is, me um, well, I want to know tell, I'm gonna tell the listeners Uh-oh. because after we recorded that, oh, he came over. He did. He was waiting in the and wing. So he was like <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. He like, he came in through the, you know, through the front door or whatever. I'm in my office and I'm like, Hey babe, come in here. And he came in and you could like, his face was like, Oh no. He saw that. Like we were on zoom yep. with Laura and I'm like, sit down. No, no, no. I gave him an earbud and, yeah. and Irene spilled the beans to him. So yes. And, he and then he met Chris, my husband, Yes, who yes. Chris was like, bro, that, that's what he said to me, bro, that guy, <laughs> that guy looks a lot like me. And I'm like, yeah, you said that to him. And then, and yeah. then he said to me, he's like, well, if Irene thinks that <laughs> if, if Irene thinks that her husband looks like me, that's, that's pretty good. Cause her husband's a good looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation about it after I was like, do you think that you look like him? He's like, yeah, yeah man, we look, we look like bros. <laughs> So I don't know why I speak about my husband like, like that, but, um, <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I'm happy for you. I am thank happy you. for you. This is all I've ever wanted for you. Oh, thanks. And Me more. covered in hives with a lumber sexual. Oh, at least he can scratch them for you with his beardedness. Mm, I haven't done that yet. Sounds kind of kinky. Honey, <laughs> oh if you're listening to this episode. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, you're going to go and celebrate more of your birthday. Yes. The whole week of Katrina. Yes. Whole month of Katrina. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there with you. I know. I'm so sad. But we'll make up for it. We'll have your summer. We'll have your birthday in the summer. We'll do like a a birthday 
in eight at ADHL. Let's if assuming oh, that it all happens and I'm allowed to cross the border. It's happening. I'm gonna sneak your Canadian hiney oh across the border, goodness. hives and all. Bring oh, stop at customs, ma'am. Are you bringing some type of a hives infectious mucosal membrane disease into the U.S. <laughs> and we're gonna have to lie? Okay. We'll sneak you over. Okay. Be good. Got it. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks again, peeps, for tuning in to another episode. Katrina feels very uncomfortable right now. I can tell she's fidgeting. What are you I'm fidgeting super, with? She's got a paper clip in her hand. No, is that I'm like the pins. is that like the maid in Manhattan with the guy, the the politician that when he does a speech, he teaches Ty, the little guy, to like undo the paper clip in his pocket when he's delivering his speech about <laughs> about <laughs> the president's. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Do we we'll not see. know? Okay. All right. All right. Katrina's uncomfortable, everyone. Just just let me know. Oh, FYI. Fun fact. Here we go. Okay. Is, Thanks again, peeps. Knows. We will catch you guys next week. Um, peace out, peeps. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not oh, this is like what what people now people are gonna know. So should I put more chapstick on just to make sure? You only have to go, you have to go around five times. One, one and a one, two, and a two three, three, four. <laughs> one more for good luck. And one then I have to more. go the other way just to seal okay, it off, just go the other way. Circumoral yeah, there you go. rotundum okay. of swords. I'm like, there you go. Ah.